You're listening to Guru's Book Club and Self-Improvement Podcast with Brian and Andy. And the quote of the day is, we can tolerate any suffering if we know why. By Emily and Amelia Nagoski, Burnout. Very nice. That, that, that's an amazing quote. This is just an amazing quote. I, I this is, this is, it's an amazing quote and very true. And I can attribute this to a lot of lifetime experiences where if I knew why I was doing it, such as I could say sporting things that I did. Mm -hmm. So when I was a wrestler, young in my uh, teenage years, you would go work out and you do all these really, you know, be lifting weights and the, and it would, you know, it would hurt, you know, you get done at the gym, you're, you're really sore, but you knew that that made you stronger. And because you knew that it was going to make you stronger and a better wrestler, thus you worked out and you pushed you yourself. Pushed yeah. Well, and you know, um, it, it becomes very apparent if you're doing something for the right reason or not. You just, you just don't stick with it if you if you uh if you don't have the right why you know, that, that's exactly that what is, it goes back to yeah i mean i'm thinking about you and i with this podcast you know we we've talked about the pivot kind of changed um uh not necessarily our our uh direction we're still we're providing uh book reading and reviews and book club stuff and talking about self-improvement and therapy and, and um, spirituality. Um, but, you know, we, we, we've gone this direction. We took a, a break for a while, I think because we were figuring out our whys and other areas of our life. You know, this podcast was definitely one of those things that we wanted to do. And the reasons I think have always been the right reasons. We are here to support um, people out there, whoever you are, whatever it is that you're dealing with, if you're interested in self-improvement and you like reading books, well, we're the podcast, right? And we want to provide this support and an avenue for you to be um, connected with like-minded people, right? If we didn't care about that, we probably wouldn't have uh, continued to work on this after we figured out some other things in our lives. That prevented us from being a little more consistent until now. I'm thinking I think you're right. Yeah, you know, I well, I think you know the pivoting. Everyone has to pivot, and that's all. Oh, that is something from the reading this week that I thought was spectacular. Honestly, um, we had uh, I forget what page it was on, but it's somewhere in chapter two or three. Uh, if you're if you're reading the actual uh book reading the pages um 
you know, we're, we're up to like page 63 or, you know, somewhere in the 60s is where you ought to be if you're following the seven pages a day rule to finish the book. But somewhere in there, in these first three chapters, you know, it is, it is talking a lot about um, this, I, this idea. Where'd it go? I just pointed <laughs> About oh pivoting. Pivoting. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Wow. Okay. See, I'm only human. <laughs> I just blanked out. Sorry, listeners. No. So pivoting. The, the chapters, um, somewhere in there, two or three, it talks about this expectation, especially for women, right, that you cannot step away from your goals and that you have to keep pushing or something, even if you're not happy with it and you're, you're struggling to find meaning, right? The why for you isn't there, but you have to keep going. Or my favorite saying is you should on your on yourself okay. to keep going you know and that's a that's a that's a big thing right there is the fact that we think we should and there a lot of where those are coming from are historical biases our cultural biases of a lot of different things in this book it is very much about the maternal instincts biases that were given to us at birth by our culture by our family this is how you should be learned and, expectations and that feel like that's just nature made us this way but how many women find themselves unhappy in the role that they're living and feel totally stressed and burned out i mean that's why this book was written because women are are leading lives you know, many women are leading lives that they didn't necessarily want, but they feel like they have to. And so there's the burnout, right? And society expectations and, and pressure and everything makes, uh, makes many women feel like they're failures or there's something wrong with them because they're not happy or because they're not skinny enough or because they're, you know, they're not, um, posting enough pictures, you know, of, of family, or they're not, um, <laughs> they chose to have a career instead of, you know, being a stay-at-home mom, whatever it is, you know, these societal expectations are really bringing people down, women down in particular. And there's lots of men that are engaging in, in this, uh, you know, um, kind of pushing women down into these roles and not allowing them to expand. And I think that that's the whole piece here is that I, I was thinking about what is it about this book coming from some of the male perspectives? What is it that we're trying to get out of this ex experience? And a lot of it is under deep understanding about really what it is that women have gone through, what they go through every day and how to change it as a male. So those are the things that I think about. And one of them is, is really listening. And I mean, listening and not, you know, listening to respond, really listening to understand, to understand the plight where people are at the human, what the human giver syndrome really is from a female perspective and why they're burning out and why in this society, 
do we have the mores that we have and then how can we change it and i think that it change it gets changed on two folds women wanting to listen to the book and taking the uh you know the advice that this book is giving but also for males to take the advice into really listening and understanding and changing the way they look at the at the situation i think it has to be twofold to be able to make that change in my opinion yeah and um you're absolutely right uh change isn't going to happen with only one one uh you know side here making changes if if men don't step up or in this case maybe step down get off their pedestal right well it's (laughs) well right and and this is why she always says the patriarchy and then uh as in (laughs) i uh and and i don't think that men per se see that they're there but they're there and it's a lot to do with the way that we're brought up in our society and the way that we have expectations about the way that males act, the way that females act, um, what roles are there. And then, so I think that that's exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, the term that is being used to explain a lot of that, right. These blind spots that, um, men have is privilege. That's the word, right. It's, you know, some some people hear that word and they run. They're like, "Oh, privilege!" They're they're trying to guilt trip me, you know, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And and really, the idea is it's just a, a word to explain a phenomena of having a blind spot and contributing to a problem that you may very well not want to contribute to, and and you don't realize, you know, the impact that you're having, but at the same time that means you don't realize the impact you could have in the opposite direction in a positive direction right if you can bring these things to your awareness then that is where change happens and that's all i talk about with with well not all i talk about with clients that i see but a lot of therapy is bringing a greater awareness into a person's life and how they approach things change can't happen if you don't know change needs to happen ignorance and that's what the buddhists talk about ignorance and and it's interesting because we think that we're the center of the world until we start learning and being more self-aware and that ignorance keeps us in a mindset that is not a growth mindset um and because of that that's why we stay in the same places and why things don't change is because the ignorance to changing them but I think that once you come to the realization that you need to be more self-aware, and I think that that movement honestly is happening. I, I think this movement's been, I, I've read a lot of philosophy throughout the years. So I think the movement has always somewhat been there, especially since the, what you would call the age of enlightenment, when, which is when a lot of the great, great philosophers like Nietzsche, Hume, uh, Kant wrote books talking about different things of how the mind works, how to change the way that the world is. They were definitely more male dominated, but then you take even the seventies where a huge change happened. And you also take the fact that so many other societal changes have happened 
past that. And I think we're now in a very optimal time for self-awareness, self-change. And I, for instance, I think that psychology therapy is now getting more recognition as the thing to do when you're having issues. I think things like PTSD is well understood. Things like, um, you know, depression, anxiety. Those are things that are in our groups as, as a norm now to talk about. And because of that, I think that self-awareness is now creating the opportunity for us to, as a society, shift in a different way. And that's what our podcast is definitely about. But it takes us to be able to hear these words. And I think that a podcast for us, for instance, is a good way of being able to present it in a way that is consumable to people that may not want to read a book or, but they do want to get the information. Yeah. And this, you know, um, listeners that are just listening and not reading the book along with us, I would really um, urge you, strongly urge you to read this book. It is excellent. Um, yes, it is geared um, more towards women. Sure. Uh, but like we just talked about, uh, the things won't change um, if men don't change their approach. And they can't really change their approach if they don't know what it is they need to change. And this book talks about that. Like it's talking about, you know, why women are burned out, what the societal expectations are, you know, this human giver syndrome, which they, I love how the book talks about that as like, you know, it's virus. It's this parasite that you, you're supposed to, put all your needs on the back burner to help other people and to do good things for others. But you can't do that only if you have time. And even then, you know, you feel guilty because you could be spending that time serving someone. Human giver syndrome parasite, you know? Right. Love that part of the book. And it's so good. It's so good. I see my wife with that and I see so many of my clients with that. And then I'm like, okay, my wife's doing like, how can I, like, what, what am I doing that can change this or help with that? Because I don't want, I don't want any woman to feel like they have no time for themselves or can't, or it's wrong for their needs to be met. That's wrong. Right. I completely agree with you. And I think that's the one thing that, I think as more compassion is seen, and I think that's the piece that the Buddhist piece of me that really has changed for me since I became Buddhist, was that the compassion training has really focused on things like that, where I can be more compassionate, more empathetic to the ones around me, as well as myself, as well as myself. But the compassion is really important for me to be part of. And I think that in that you realize that these type of, this type of understanding and awareness helps bring more compassion to me because I'm able to understand that at a deeper level than I was definitely prior. And, and that's what you want is you want to be able to enable that compassion for others 
so that they can really understand and really out of love be concerned about their their needs and then also being able to meet it to make yeah, it more meaningful your life and theirs right well i mean you know you're you're only as strong as the weakest link right and so it really is beneficial for for society to to band together you know we're not we're you know we're talking about um you know men and women different sexes and we know that uh there there's lots of um orientations or um ways people identify you know uh and so while this is talking you know we're, while we're talking about men and women maybe you are you know um non-binary right or you identify in some other way we are um talking to you too <laughs> okay we uh we think that regardless of sex there is a problem uh that's in our society in regards to pushing people into uh a role that they may not want to be in i think that's what it is and i think that's the movement that we find right in my opinion that's exactly what you're talking about is exactly the situation is the fact that people are waking up and that awakening we're happening at a much more rapid pace than some people are prepared for and some people have been prepared all all of forever for waiting for this type of thing that's the reason why different groups have gotten voices finally saying i am going to be open about who i am and i expect respect about who i am and love me for me and i think people are more accepting of it than they ever have been and i think that has something to do with this cultural shift that we're seeing I think also the fact that the internet has brought us closer in these ways where you don't feel alone, you can be a part of a group without having to be, you can be in a small town and still feel like you're part of a group. There's still voices that are out there on the internet to help feed who you are, to help you understand who you are in a better, more deep, meaningful way. Amen. Can I get an amen? <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I, I want to, I want to say that um, some, some listeners might be like, yeah, that sounds great, but like, I'm stuck. I can't change. I can't, you know, and 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 the the this book talks about that. Uh. You know, it actually gives some some researched ideas on on how to approach life if you are feeling like you are stuck or if you're having struggles with finding meaning, finding what makes you passionate in life, you know. Um, and there's an activity that they suggest doing, which I would actually love to do right now. Um, 
It's on page 60. So uh, if you want to um, do this a little bit more in depth, um, I would I would go to that. That's that's in um, chapter three. Uh, I wouldn't be able to tell you where it's at in the audible um, or you know the audio book part, but it's it's the activity where it asks the question and, and you're supposed to write down your response. And it says uh, to ask the question, what am I doing when I feel most powerfully that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing? That's kind of a tongue twister. So I'm going to say it again. What am I doing when I feel most powerfully that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Right? When you get that feeling in the gut, like, man, this is meaningful. This is, I'm a part of something bigger than me. Right? And that's, that's what meaning is here that we're talking about. And that's, that's spirituality. I would, I would. I would swap meaning with the word spirituality in, in my sessions, right? Spirituality is not a, a religious or um, faith-based thing. It's it's uh, it can occur with or without religion. Spirituality is being a part of something bigger than yourself. It's feeling connected, feeling like your life and what you do is contributing to the greater good of society, making a difference in some way. So that's the why, that's the meaning in the case of this book. So take a moment, listeners, and write a response. What am I doing when I feel most powerfully that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Are you doing art? Are you working? Are you learning? Are you volunteering? Is it is it a church thing? Are you going to church and, and that's your that's your lot in life that you feel most powerful? Is it writing? Is it political stuff? You're gonna be the next president? Well, maybe not the next, but who knows what? So again, what am I doing when I feel most powerfully that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Andy, I'm putting you on the spot. What's your answer to that? What do you think? I think that when I am taking in the needs of others and fulfilling their needs more than mine, and providing love and understanding in a more deep and um, meaningful way. And that's something that I work on really hard is to have a compassionate heart around, especially the immediate people that are around me, friends, family, but having that heart for even my enemies or who I consider my enemies, you know, people I don't, I just, dis, I dislike or don't get along with. I try to reduce that number, but, um, yeah. but those are the things that providing that really loving, compassionate heart that 
really works for their better interest and not just mine. I like that. That's not the human giver syndrome, though, is it? No, this is uh, Buddhism 101. Nice. <laughs> That's the, <laughs> the, the, enlightened, the enlightened state of mind, the awakened, the, the awakened mind that sees others as more important and empathetic, giving love at a deeper level. That's why I always say the deeper level, because most people have a fundamental understanding of what love is, but at a deeper level of love, you don't have those, you don't have space. Okay. Like that. And is that, is that, um, maybe clarify for me, is that putting others' needs above yours, even when you don't have much to give? I think, I think so, but I think that you find more meaning the more love you give. And that's the interesting thing about the act of giving at a deeper level, in my opinion, not human giver syndrome, but say it again. I'm having a hard time telling the difference if I'm being honest. Well, I, right. So it's, right? it's it's the difference between empathy and um, and compassion than just giving it of your cup of love. When you give with empathy, and there's several books on this one, especially Buddha in Buddhist books. Um, when you give this level of love, you're also getting back that level of love as well. You're getting more. Just like um, imagine your love for your child. You give endlessly, an endless amount of love because you're giving it from a sacred space of your heart that is never ending. It's unconditional love. Nothing when you give... Right. And that's the thing that most of the time givers usually have a problem because they don't, they're not getting anything back in return. They're burning out. They're burning out. But the burnout comes because there's expectations. And that's, this is just a Buddhist philosophy okay. of things. But when you expect the expectations piece is the one that lets you burn out because you're like, well, I'm not getting anything back. If you give love unconditionally, and it takes time to understand this compassion. I mean, it take it's taken me. I mean, I've been here seven years, and I definitely am just just kind of dipping my toes into the water, right? Yeah. And but for me, it's been becoming that person is getting rid of and letting go of the person that was self-centered and all about himself and giving at a different level of love. And it's endless when you give at that level. So you're not, the expectations aren't there because it's unconditional, just like you have for your children. Thank you for clarifying. That makes, a, okay. Yeah, because for a moment I was like, that sounds, that sounds like human giver syndrome. But yeah, yeah, you bring in the expectation piece and that absolutely, that makes perfect sense. That is the different, that's, that's the differential here. Right. If you're not experiencing burnout, if you're just giving without expecting. And what is unconditional? Give. Right. Well, and then it sounds like in this form of giving, it's you receive equally as you give. Mm -hmm. And so it doesn't burn you out because it, it's right. truly from a, 
the deepest love. Is that right. what you're saying? That's, okay. That's exactly what I'm saying. That is really cool. Thank you it's, for sharing your answer to that question. Now, what is your answer to that question? Um, you know, what comes to mind are, are a few different things. Um, I was pondering um, memories and different things with my family, my little immediate family. And I was really um, hit with some powerful emotions. You know, and I, and I felt at that moment, even though sometimes it is extremely tough to be a father, extremely, just extremely difficult to be, you know, a, a husband and everything, because those roles aren't, aren't always easy. There are expectations of those in a lot of ways. Um, but at the end of the day, like the reason why I engage in those things, the reason why I put effort to be a good father and a, and a good husband. I'm not perfect by any means. <laughs> I make mistakes all the time. But I feel the most powerful when I am thinking about my family and the, and the memories and how I want to continue to push myself to be a better person so I can, I can have that closeness and those relationships and really a legacy you know I, I want to contribute to the world in the easiest way possible which is just impacting those closest to me you know I think you said they, it right well and, and then you impact them and they impact others and you know it's just you it's the ripple effect it's a legacy of love and that's exactly how you affect change. That's exactly how you do it. You know, um, the other thing that comes to mind is, you know, why I'm, I'm doing therapy. Um, I've had some burnout in other previous jobs in, in work as a social worker. I don't think my why was as, uh, refined until you know, doing a little bit more of my own work and doing private practice. Um, sitting down with a client that is really putting in the work to figure out their life and solve the problems they're confronting. I It feels extremely powerful to see the light bulb come on or for them to experience some kind of cathartic release of emotion, you know, because their, their life has just changed. And it's, it's incredible to see that, you know, it might going forward, they, it could be difficult still, you know, having to create new habits or having to choose to leave or to stay. And there's a great part of the book that talks about that, you know, how to decide if you need to stay in the situation you're in or if you need to leave it, read that part of the book, people. But uh, watching that in action. Um, wow. That's see, and that's, and, and see, and that's, that's, that's it. What, so what, when, when I was talking about the love, the meaning, that's it right there. That's what keeps you going for a long time because you just described the impact of what you get back 
from that giving. The impact is you get this amazing, loving feeling that comes back of being able to help somebody. And it's amazing because that feeling that you're giving this knowledge, this wisdom, and then they opened up and saw it is that moment where you've connected and that connection is, is loving is wisdom and is more awakening. And I think that the, the, it actually helps. <laughs> I've always said it helps you more than it helps the client or the student. A lot of ways it really does. <laughs> it is because the, 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 the fact that this is out there and able to help is so, is so amazing. And it's also extremely great karma to be honest with you. So that's, that's a, that's a Buddhist terminology for action that leads to an effect. But that karma that you're creating, that seed that you're sowing of your own personal soul for your own person is very positive, extremely positive and very meaningful. But uh, yeah, very, very. And I, and I was thinking of the book that um, and the term. So um, altruism is the term that we use that is that type of empathy that is non-selfish altruism. So you're more altruistic in your giving. Altruistic. Yeah. Yeah. Without the expectation. It's, it's with no, unconditional. It's, it's the type of love that you think of mother Teresa. When you think of yeah. somebody that loving, you have mother Teresa as a guide that you think about when you're, going through that you're like oh my goodness how she was in the slums of bangladesh serving food to the poorest providing me medical needs with no budget and it was just an act of love she did it without thinking as part of who she was it and was an act of self-care in and of itself to be engaged with these people is that, that yeah that's exactly what i'm saying because it was that that's you get something by letting go. And that's the thing that when you can truly let go, that's when the giving of your life, when you find your meaning, when you find the why, you will give from that why much more joyfully and much more easily than you would have ever done by shooting or living a life yeah. that you should have lived. Well, wasn't it Gandhi that said the, the, the way to find yourself is to lose yourself in the service of others? Absolutely. I firmly believe that. Yeah. Now, listeners, um, you might know your, your meaning, you know, why you do what you do. Um, however, if you find yourself feeling burned out, you find yourself feeling stressed. Um, one, learn how to complete the stress cycle. Two, identify your stressors and figure out if there's something you can do about them. And if so, do something. And if there's not something you can do about it, practice acceptance. And three, pay attention to um, ways to figure out if you're not sure 
what it is that you need to do or how to do, you know, figure out your meeting. You know, there's, there's uh, suggestions all throughout chapter three. Um, so go back and listen to it or go back and read chapter three because it has very specific things that you can do to, to work on finding your meaning, you know, and to decide if you need to stay in the situation you're in or if you need to go. And I would hope that, um, especially for, for um, those who feel like they are stuck in roles placed on them by society or by those around them that are kind of feeling stuck and not sure if they'll ever get out and be able to do what they truly want to do. You know, Cause that's another thing. You might know what your meaning is, but you don't know how to get out of the situation to go do it or don't know how to start it. You know, I think um, take courage and know that it's not a, a quick process. It's slow, be patient. And uh, I believe you'll figure it out. Maybe you need to go see a therapist. Maybe you need to meet, you need to meet with Andy to do some meditation classes, you know, uh, which I'm sure you absolutely can do. Andy, are you doing any online meditation classes? I am not, but I can definitely recommend places to go to be able to do it. Cool. There's my center's doing them all the time. So, and they're all online now through zoom and through different formats. So yeah, for sure. And there's yeah. like once a week, we just do basically, we call it simply meditate and it's just a very simple meditation type of format where you're just focusing on your breathing. So it definitely is for beginners. Nobody has to, you know, especially nice. It's nice that you can do it from your home. So you don't feel like you have to be there. Or if you want to find something around you that has meditation, go seek it and it will really help. I, I, I didn't realize the benefits of meditation until I started really doing it and then reading up on them, of course. But um, I'll tell you, it's a, it's a game changer really is a game changer we ought to do some uh podcast episodes that are just meditations that would be fun like we we did one early on on just uh mindfulness and i think that that was a really positive one we could do that that would be really a great idea i think that it really helps center you that's the one thing that i will say about meditation that i was not prepared for was that it was centering and how centering it was I, I, it changed, it's a life changer. It's changed my life. And, and if you're not sure what centering is listeners, you're going to have to practice meditation to figure it out. Cause you'll notice it when it happens. That's for sure. But it's also kind of putting the stage, putting all the thoughts away and being able to be who you really are and being able to see things without the filter that our normal life puts on everything. And that's how, when we talk about um, therapy, this is a form of therapy to be able to change the habit of mind, which is what you're trying to do. So this with therapy is an awesome combination because not only are you talking about it, but you're practicing it in your mind through meditation, being able to grab different concepts of like, in this case for me, it's compassion and giving to others selflessly and being able to develop those in a mind and just thinking about it for 15 minutes with no distractions and be able to practice that on a daily basis so it's you know it's self-care but it's also ch it's changing that habit of mind 
to be something different. And habit changes your life. Changing your habits changes your life. And if you don't change uh, nothing, or if you, okay, can't have two negatives. Jeez, come on, Brian. <laughs> don't change nothing. No. If you change nothing, nothing will change. Right. And so, I've known, and I think we've known clients that do that, that they come in and I've, I've had students that came in and they didn't want, they always wonder why is nothing changing for me? I, 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 I meditate with you once a week and without the practice, why aren't you doing your job, Andy, <laughs> yeah, without the practice behind it, nothing changes. And that's where, what we're talking about is that these, these we're teaching really great concepts in these books but we definitely want you to really understand and then find ways like in the example that we did earlier to be able to use this as a marker for change as a way of changing the habit the mindset that went with it so that you can find your better self can i get an amen <laughs> yes so um I I think that is a is a spectacular place to end Andy you uh you wrap that up with a bow. Thank you. Um be sure to to uh give us a follow on Instagram. We are just uh what oh my goodness, I'm going to announce our Instagram and then blank on what our handle is for Instagram. My it's goodness. Guru's podcast. Guru's Oh, that's simple. Why don't I <laughs> why did I get that? Jeez. Okay. Guru's podcast. Follow us on Instagram. Send us an email at guruspodcast1 at gmail.com. And uh, join us next time. If you have ideas or comments, we'd love to hear from you. If you're needing to meet with a therapist um, and you're in the Utah or Idaho area, reach out. You and I could maybe work together if you're seeking some some uh some uh buddhist and spirituality type of um, practice in your life some meditation seek out andy in arizona um but yeah just direct message us and we'll we'll hook you up and we can okay. do that anywhere so just let you know we'll yeah. we'll listen and we will help facilitate something to help you if you don't live in the areas that we you know we we live yeah we can help you find but we can find something yeah we can find something help you get to resources that will help you find something so yeah for keep sure. that in mind for sure so do we have a tagline we still don't we're still waiting for people to come back and tell us something but uh it may be just us. I leave it to I leave it to Brian. Brian's going to have to. I think Brian, who comes up with the quote of the day, is going to have to. Uh, oh, something's going to hit. Man. Something's going to hit. <laughs> that's that's. It's a cop that, out. That's, that's the uh, tagline for today. Something's going to hit. That's right. <laughs> we'll see you guys later. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.